welcome everyone. I'm Reverend Jennifer Hadley, and it's my pleasure to introduce Venerable Dahani Wahoo. Venerable speaks directly from her heart, offering pure wisdom teachings of direct insight and practical application in the tradition of Cherokee and Woodland View and Tibetan Buddhism. These are the mother and father streams that energize Vener Venerable and are the foundation of all that she shares. Welcome, Venerable. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity to remind each of us that we are waves of potential. May these words reveal the wisdom within and bring forth skillful methods that we may each apply towards reaching the shores free from illusion. May these words reveal the seed of wisdom within each person's heart and may they nourish skillful action, turning aside illusion, remembering that we are one in the dance of life. So I wish to begin with the idea of waves of grace. When we think about physics, we have learned that light is moving as a potential, what may occur becomes fixed when we observe it and we look at it, and then it, be, it takes solid form. How can this be? It is the movement of potential that becomes fixed with our view, and our view is shaped by our understanding, our experience, and our belief. And so the dance of purification is to recognize that naturally we are pure and that the heart of wisdom is as clear as the mirror which reflects the open sky. So how do we purify? We begin to take note of our speech, which patterns are giving rise to discord or division, and we choose to replace what is discordant with the affirmation, the intention of bringing forth what is wisdom and life force enhancing. Of course, this is easy for someone who has been a long-time spiritual practitioner. And as we are stepping into the stream of recollection, it may require some reminders about our natural wisdom state. So first, let us recall that within our heart is the essence of all potentials, wisdom, a natural state, the seed of which is in each being, is the song, it is the celebration that we all participate in. Imagine the sweet waters of a glacier the blue-white waters melting from a high mountain place, reaching to us, flowing through us, and we understand, oh, this water, which flows from the high mountain, pure as the purity seed within, also has arisen as vapor from the earth. The circling stream of clear water also carries our breath, our exhalations, and our learnings. 
And so our breath gives rise to words, and these words can shape the results we see. So imagine there are waves of energy potential, waves of light, and then we begin to name it as this or that. And in the naming, the appearance arises. So for the one stepping into the stream, the first step is recognizing that we are one in the dance and experiencing the continuity of wisdom, purification, pacification flowing through us. So what is purified? Illusion, dust on the mirror is washed away. What is purified is the lens of our inner eye. How do we wipe away from the lens of our eye the concept of enemy, of other, them, us? We observe the circulating stream of water, life, and breath that moves through each of us, and thus it becomes clear that we are all relatives in this dance. Clarifying the inner vision is supported by the heart of appreciation. Even what seems like dissonance, we recognize it is an energy wave seeking a harmonic resolution. So, What is dissonance? It's when people create confusion, when people are suffering, when people are hungry and there is food around, yet there is not the means to gather it. When you look around, you can see many aspects of suffering. And the suffering that we see has arisen from the ways in which we speak and relate to one another and see one another. This idea of the cat in the box, it is a a story told about Schrodinger, a physicist who began to talk about probability and potential. And the question was, is the cat in the box alive or dead? And you don't know until you open it. And so we're opening our hearts to see the potential and to choose the results that we want to energize. So at this moment, there is um, much chatter. The chatter is basically they're wrong, they're right, them against us, illusory speech that actually creates divisiveness and manifests from the field of potential as dissonance and discord. So what do we as individuals do to purify those thought forms? We begin with being mindful of our speech, taking care with our words. We cultivate the voice of invitation, inviting the most beneficial action to arise and envisioning that it is so. And how do we begin? 
We begin first with our family, our clan, our co-workers, and a way to see a transformation is to consider one of your neighbors. Perhaps you have not spoken to one another or you have some you have had some discord. In this moment you see that discord resolved and you yourself decide to no longer add pebbles to the stream of communication. You choose not to add pebbles of discord. And so the field is open for a different way of relationship when the reaction state of yesterday is resolved into the appearance of today. What is the appearance of today? It is that everything is flowing and that we have a choice as to how we respond. Sweet waters of forgiveness flow through us. Sweet waters that nurture the wisdom potential in one's own body, mind, and also benefiting others. So this act of purification, it can begin first by offering a prayer. I wish to see things as they are. I choose to energize a world of harmony. I choose to make peace with my family, my friends, my co-workers. Something that is important to you. And as you make this prayer, you again consider the sweet waters of renewal, pacifying and purifying and energizing the seed of good result flowing through you through the atmosphere, through the earth, through every being. And in this way, the thought forms of delusion become more transparent as if you are washing a mirror. Mirrors reflect the projection, the appearance. And so the idea of contemplating the mirror is a helpful tool in understanding the movement of thought concept into the appearance of action. So is it real, the reflection? Is it real, the appearance? That is for each of us to investigate. What is real is the joy of right relationship the holding the hand of a loved one, the sweet sound of the wind caressing your face, the joy of building something good, that is a real result arising from the informed heart. So you might say the joy markers are a way to see more clearly through the, uh, the clouds of illusion. So what are the joy markers? They are those direct moments in which you understood without conceptualization, without word, just ah, that is so. The wind is blowing, it is experienced on my face. The tree is singing, how beautiful. So this idea of thought projection also can become a way of liberating oneself from the constructed thoughts that are like hooks 
uh, holding people into a small vortex of experience. So purifying is to allow the water to be still. Purifying is to sleep away from one's own speech, those thought forms of dissonance, and to see what has appeared as fear, resolve into courage, doubt into certainty, uh, feeling lack of into abundance. When you experience an emotion, there is also its awakened side. So no need to run from emotion. It is wise to take note of what is moving across that clear lake. So the glacial waters that have moved from the high mountain connecting us with heaven also are reflected in each moment in the lake of our own experience. And so what has fed that lake? Many streams cascading waves of grace from the glacier and the circling waters of prayers and affirmations that have been offered up through our own exhalation into the sky. So this awareness of circles of relationship becomes part of the transformation when we see how, oh, I named that person as bad or enemy. We can see by naming such a person as that, we are energizing the action of enemy. When we state clearly the potential of cooperation and our intention to cooperate, then we are energizing pathways of resolution and accomplishing of a particular goal. And so for this reason, the power of visualization becomes very important as we think of purification. So in the Native American way, particularly that of the Aniyumiwa, we are not born in sin. We have not come here as a punishment or sent here from a holy place to experience an unholy place. We are actually not separate from the holy place. The holy place is within our hearts. And so we have the opportunity to explore the potential that is the magic lake, the potential of the field of light, the field of mind, we have the opportunity to explore it. And as we are exploring this magic lake, we see the streams that support it. First there is, of course, the mountain, earth, joyful abundance, an opportunity to experience and to consciously build right relationship, community. We also see the reflection on the lake the fire of the sun, the warmth of the sun, which begins a continuous transmutation, warming, waters rising as steam, returning again to the circle of life. This reminds us that even the heat of anger 
the heat of fear, can be resolved, transformed into an elixir of compassionate, skillful, cooperative action. And then we sense the wind blowing, creating ripples upon this wondrous magic lake. And the wind that blows can be recognized as our thought and also conventional thought, thought forms that move across the planet. Some of the thought forms are literally contrived by illusory beings that seek to keep people confused. And yet the very wind itself, it cannot be contained. The very wind itself has within it the essence of skillful accomplishment. So what is contrived, manipulated, may be transmuted into skillful action that is liberating every being from the illusion of separation. Sweet waters falling from the glaciers, sweet waters that flow through all of us, pristine awareness, our natural state. Let us recall that when the emotions are confused, when there is uncertainty, doubt, even lethargy, we may move through and see the essence of the pristine state as the waters become stilled, no longer driven by the unaware emotions. Now the movement of the lake is energized with the intention to accomplish skillful action and to know oneself as not separate from the wisdom seed of light. All relatives, all drops, return to the ocean, return to the stream. To be a stream winner is to clarify and clean our eye and our view, to know that every being is part of the dream and our response perpetuates the dream and just as easily our response changes the dream to one of joyful awakening. Dream, why say dream? Because what we see are projections and how we understand what we see is through the conditioning of our culturalization, our life experience. So we can all look at a tree One will know it is a white pine. Another will just say it is an evergreen. In either case, people see the tree. So clarifying the eyes also means to cut through the projection and understand its source as having arisen from a field of potential. And by fixating on it, it appears real, yet attention moves from it And again, the light is revealed. The ears, what do we hear? Oh, we hear them in us. We hear they're doing something wrong. They're taking, they're giving. They have too much. They have too little. The ears then begin to make associations. Those people out there are doing this or that. And many prejudices then are accepted and become part of one's action 
or one can hear the sacred sound behind the appearances, the sound of the water flowing through the stream, the sound of every being that is connected in this stream. Some of you may have experienced that precious moment of hearing the sound of the earth and to hear the hearts of the people. Once having experienced that sound, it is clear that we are united in this dream. I choose to hear the music of the spheres, the music of co-creation, and to harmonize my speech and action with that pulse speed of the universe that all explorers find their way to the shore. Hearts, direct awareness. Ah, so it is. Sweet waters reveal that seed of wisdom within, and it is nurtured by our commitment to cultivate peace, to pacify the appearance of conflict with the development and the expression of compassion and skillful methods that bring us all to the shore. So what is an example of a skillful method? When you're talking with a co-worker and perhaps you have not been getting along, you then choose to speak of the result you wish that you wish to accomplish what is beneficial for each one in that circle of relationship. Then there is the opportunity to share in its manifestation. It's not that you are doing this or that or I am doing this or that. Together we are co-creating that which we choose. Team building What is team building? It is to know that we are connected and when we put our hearts and minds together for the accomplishment of a particular result, we do indeed bring it to fruition. So the heart has access to all wisdom, all skill. I have heard some very powerful meditators state that they can hear the voices of people in this and other times. And the chorus that is expressed is the chorus that asks for understanding. Why am I here? Who am I? What is my purpose? And there is the chorus that understands. Aha, I've never left. I'm an explorer looking at the particulars, yet the vastness of the field from which I have uh, arisen is still a song in my heart. So when we think of purifying, we think of first making an offering We would burn smudge, cedar, sage, incense, light a candle. I offer my thought, word, and action to bringing forth what is wisdom and life force enhancing. And so the smudge, it is sweeping away the illusion of them and us. 
It is softening the adhesion of thought forms, softening the dust that obscures the wisdom potential of one that you may unhook your senses from wrong view. And also we may take a verbal fast where we decide to only speak words that are wisdom and life force enhancing. Uh, so this clearing the speech is the choice to say words that are um, affirmative, supportive of one another. So much of uh, conditioning has been uh, to uh, to put down, uh, let the humility of the sage see the wisdom in everyone and lift up those you see. How do you lift them up? By observing the light within them and by hearing the potential of who we are. So when listening to gossip and listening to fear-mongering, then we are energizing those states. When we choose to listen to the sound of recreation, the sound of celebration, then those hooks that seek to keep one in a circle of confusion have no place to hook. Pacify. Where is there anger within oneself? Forgive yourself and others for what might have been, could have been. Purify with your intention, with your speech, with the choice of what you listen to. Recognize your heart's direct perception cannot be made impure. Recognize and resonate with that seed of wisdom within. Contemplate where you choose to be as a human being right now. How shall I express love, wisdom, my purpose, my being? How may I bring forth good relationship with my family and clan? Think of simple ways, simple methods. The most simple method is choosing carefully our words and choosing carefully our company and appreciation for the pulse beat of life. Let the pride of worry fall away. How can you say worry is based on pride? When one is worrying, they have a self-pride that does not recognize they are part of the whole. When you worry, you're giving energy to what you don't want to happen. So let that pride of fear and grasping fall away so that the emotion resolves into its skillful method. Humility, sweet medicine, it means that we are all part of the dance. There are some who know more about this and some who know more about that. And the essence of wisdom potential is within each being. Some may have it more accessible because they are taking care with their speech and action. 
It is your choice in this very moment. As the clear mountain stream is rushing through and cleansing your body, revealing that you are part of a dream of explorers and those sweet waters from the mountain reach the sea and you yourself and others attain the shore that is free from illusion. And this completes the simple words on purification, purifying our thought, word, and action right now Understanding that how we speak, how we view the world gives shape to what appears. The wave of light becomes solid through our speech and action. Let us be attentive to the wisdom of the flow and to move joyfully within the flow. May every being recall their natural state as luminosity. And this concludes the lecture part of our talk, and I am open to conversation with any who choose to communicate via the Internet or the phone. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Venerable. Thank you so much. And for those who would like to ask a question of Venerable, you can type one in if you're looking at the web page in the question box. Or if you are on the phone, you're on Skype, you're on the web call, star two to raise your hand and to ask a question uh, that way. So we have uh, Lorraine has written in a question here. And... Where this one sick there it is. She says, Hi Venerable, thanks so much for your teachings. Last month you said something about we are all heroes and heroines. Could you say more about that? Thank you so much. Oh, yes. Uh last month when speaking about we are all heroes and heroines, it was a reminder that the seed of wisdom and the salvation we seek is actually within us. We become the hero or the heroine when we uh, still the storm of confused view through cultivating the heart of compassion. Each time a human being steps outside of the reactive state, each time we choose not to follow a programmed path, we see more our true nature as a hero. Thank you. And while people are formulating their questions, I would love to um, ask you to speak uh, about, you brought up so many things, but one thing is, why is gossip so attractive to us? You you mentioned about gossip. Why is gossip so attractive to people? Um, I can postulate that it is perhaps attractive because it gives people an opportunity to think about what they can do better. Uh, so it is easier to see someone else's fault when you're own opportunities for correction and growth 
or rise within. And gossip actually um, obscures the recognition of one's own ability. Gossip and jealousy are emotions that uh, become quite thick like molasses in Mm. terms of slowing down uh, one's recognition of what is real. So let's not be... um, Let's not be attentive to gossip because actually it becomes a hook, keeping one's attention on what looks wrong, what is wrong or dissonant without uh, nourishing the wisdom seed of skillful action and compassionate activity in one's own life. Mm. Thank you so much. And uh, just a reminder, if you're on the phone, you can uh, submit a question or ask Venerable a question with a star 2 to raise your hand. Otherwise, you can type in a question. And I, I love that you always say, Venerable, you talk about simple methods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the... I find that the simple methods to course correct are ones that we can actually remember. And the in, in terms of that self-pride and the pride of worry, that I, I've not heard you speak about that before. I, I thought that was uh, quite interesting. I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about worry as being connected to pride. I wonder if you could say more about that and also simple methods to help us recognize it and to interrupt it and to choose again. Yes. The connection of worry to pride is a connection to the idea of self-cherishing. So thinking that oneself is ultimately real and thinking that one um, is in control without recognizing the fields of potential that are generated through thought, speed, and action, then one is caught in that circle of self-deception that keeps one separate from their natural awakened state. So the idea of pride, worry as pride, means that one has more pride uh, than the universe which reveals the potential of wisdom and accomplishment. Or from, so that I'm speaking that in terms of a, a Buddhist perspective of not self-cherishing. So who is it that's worrying? Mm-hmm. What is this I that wants and worries about something? And so the it's giving energy to what you don't want, actually. And the concept of I worrying is then stepping aside from the field's potential of harmonic resolution. So when worrying, we're stepping aside from the power of actualizing the wisdom of compassionate skill hidden in each situation. Hmm. 
That is so helpful. That is very, very helpful. And I, I also uh, really liked what you were sharing. I'd like to know more about, you said, uh, I'm an explorer, and we're looking at the particulars. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, many people I speak with find challenging is to understand our relationship to the universe and the the dream nature of our experience and and uh, our attachments to making it seem so real and so important and how can uh, our, our vantage point of seeing ourselves as an explorer looking at the particulars help us to also see the dreamlike nature of our existence yes Well, when we consider the dreamlike nature of our existence, it is clear that stardust moves within us and that we ourselves are not separate from the vastness of space. How do we express this understanding that we are interconnected beings through the contemplation of a wave moving across the ocean and how what is hidden underground uh, below the surface of the water, so to speak, will create interference patterns on the surface. And so what is hidden between the waters that all explorers are traversing are concepts and mountains below the water surface mm-hmm. and the you can say the mountain the heap of wrong view the heap of causing harm creates interference on the surface of the water and that interference makes it uh makes for bad weather rough sailing and so Who's the sailor? The sailor is the one who has the body, the the vehicle, traversing the vast ocean of experience. And this sailor also has within the sea. In one's own body, there is water. And so when we think of being an explorer, it is that a aspect of this field chooses to see itself, to see the possibility, and we take on the robe of the human body, and we together energize the dream of Earth, Sun, myriad worlds. Then it becomes uh, like a computer game. Who is dreaming? Who's creating the game? Are we living in a hologram? Uh, Understanding that appearances are projections because as soon as you measure the movement of the wavicle, then it becomes uh, fixed. So as explorers, we've put on the cloak of examination. And so we have the projection appearing fixed of self and others. 
and this projection is uh, moving according to uh, frequency patterns or a song, a mantra. And when we begin to examine, okay, who am I as an explorer? What am I exploring? Is there a separate being? Am I separate from the field of exploration? And uh, once in contemplating this, it came down that uh, basically a golden bubble of potential was the beginning of the explorer's body. Uh, that's sort of like an inside joke. <laughs> I, I, I leave it for people to contemplate. Uh, so once someone asked me and my clan sister, where did you come from? And we both, <laughs> it was very strange, we both responded, bubbles. Mm. Bubbles of potential. So what does it mean to be an explorer? It means that whatever we see, like information, inscribed on a photon is immediately available to another photon, other side of the universe, reveals that information, intelligence, experience is an ongoing conversation. And so the explorer begins to analyze the conversation mm-hmm. and observing for this way makes these interference patterns that give rise to these forms and in giving rise to these forms can they be are they beneficial or not so when we think about the concept of good and evil mara's illusion the maras exist because they believe in themselves and also they are fed by taking the light force from others. So it is important to understand that one's natural state is luminosity. When you think about uh, as Jesus was uh, in the desert, there were some disturbing beings who attempted to have him throw himself down from the edge of the cliff. Uh, if you're really one with the creation or, or if you're one with God, then you can throw yourself down and you won't die. And so that's an example of Maras that seek to disturb people's recollection of their unity with the field. Another example would be when Shakyamuni Buddha was contemplating and uh, near enlightenment. The Maras appeared as beguiling beings, then fearsome beings, then created storms and all kinds of disturbances. And uh, why? Because those thought forms only exist when they are fed by people's projection, feeding such belief systems. And so the explorer, uh, in a sense, is a 
so courageous a hero that they frighten the illusory thought forms who attempt to dissuade one from recognizing the power of the mind. And where do the thought forms come from? There are interference waves that come from not knowing oneself as inseparable from the wisdom field. Okay? <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to write in a question, please feel free. You can raise your hand with a star two. If you're on the phone, on Skype, or on the web call, star two on your keypad to raise your hand and ask Venerable a question. I oh. want to ask a question. Do, is Am I speaking too esoterically? Uh, or is it clear? Uh, I, I, it's clear to me, so I'll, I'll, I'll say that. We've got a few people raising their hands, so we'll see uh, what they have to say. And um, we've got uh, several people here, so we've got Shan raising her hand. Go ahead, Shan. Good morning, yeah. Venerable. Good morning, Jennifer. Um, Good morning. Um, Venerable, I really love this teaching, and it feels very um, timely to me. So I love purification practice, and it always feels like such a healing balm to me to do purification practice. So I'm very grateful for these teachings this morning. But I was curious about when you're in that... um, practice and really consciously working with that um, practice, how do you, how are you clear about pure perception, especially in this, in this dream state that we're in? How do you know that you're experiencing pure perception, especially with others, like, or it's not just a self-cherishing um, energy. I don't know, is that a clear uh, Yeah, that is that is a clear question. How does the practitioner uh doing purification practice recognize things as they are without the uh overlay of conceptual appearances? Thank you. That's it. <laughs> uh-huh. And so the point becomes the stillness of the open sky where there is no thought moving towards or moving from, just observation of what is, then one has an indication um, of more clear perception. Beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. And we have Deb raising her hand here. Go ahead, Deb. Mm-hmm. Hi, Venerable. Thank you both. Um, I have two questions, and one is I don't know the term that you're using, Mara. I don't. Is it M A R R A? I've never heard that, so I uh, just yes. 
in uh, in Buddhist terms, a Mara is a thought form and illusion. In uh, Judeo-Christian terms, they can also be perceived as um, demonic. In Native American, they say there are uh, thought forms created by people. Some are such thought forms are created as harmful beings. Um, so in the charity way, you kind of know from the beginning that uh, they are created uh, by thought. And so the concept of Mara is an illusory energy that takes on a life of its own and sustained by people's uh, participation and belief in them. Participation in the energy activities and belief in them. So when people are, say, like watching horror movies, in a sense their adrenaline is feeding those uh, thought forms that feed on fear. Is that clear? Unconscious. Yes, that's helpful. I guess the mm-hmm. question then is those the Mara can be both conscious and unconscious thought forms because sometimes we don't realize until we begin to realize the power of our thought or even realize that it has power, it's more unconscious. So we can be feeding that kind of illusory energy unconsciously until we begin to awaken. Yes, until we decide not to um, cause harm to oneself and others. Mm-hmm. So at, at some point, there awakens in our heart the idea that there must be a better way than this. Mm-hmm. And it sets us on to a path of exploration. And as we uh-huh. begin to explore, we recognize the thoughts arising this is arising around me is this me and so one begins to unattach from the thought forms and the emotions that arise uh, from conditioning so uh, one example um, I live in Vermont and I heard a story from who was actually a state senator and he was uh, Afro-American and how he, as he was walking down the street, people started locking their car doors. And so he's an exemplary human being, yet there was the preconceived notion, oh, stranger, different, danger. And so mm-hmm. that's an example of a Mara that uh, becomes entrenched in a culture and people mm-hmm. don't even know that they are feeding it mm-hmm. until some point you recognize, hey, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. And so the self-reflection, uh, acknowledging our responses, noticing, hey, I responded in essentially a programmed way to a certain situation. And 
uh, then looking at, okay, how how did I begin to see uh, such kind of person as a danger? How did I come to believe uh, this or that? And then unwinding it. Because so much of what we think we know is literally um, indoctrination. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily based on reality, like if the, there was such a belief system that the earth was flat, that many were afraid to go too far west. Um, mm -hmm. So we're at that point in human development, and there are actually many who do understand the power of the subconscious conditioning and of course it has been the basis of advertising and it also becomes the basis of um, creating I would say turmoil mm -hmm. um, and so the hero is the one who wakes up and examines hey where does that thought form come from what's its purpose and where does it lead as it is espoused? And what's my choice? So when you have a knee-jerk, emotional, I'm going to call it knee-jerk, you know, mm -hmm. automatic, knee-jerk emotional reaction, what is the quickest way to unplug from that? That seems to be... Reoccurring. Yeah, the quickest way to unplug from that is to notice I'm here and now, I'm safe, there is no danger. Mm. There is a brain in our belly, there is the brain of the heart, and there is the intelligence of our mind. And I can say that all intelligence is actually a field of energy. So sometimes we may have a, a gut response um, that, oh, I need to get off the road right now. So that gut response, you find out later there was a, a big hole in the road. So that gut response has a reality. There's a part of us that senses what is um, life force preserving and opportunity to care for self and others. And there is also the conditioning that is more intellectual that sees so-and-so uh, as an enemy. Um, so that car that just passed, um, and you feel they are going too fast, and you have a response of anger or annoyance, uh, you are contributing to the energy of anger and annoyance in your life stream as well as that person's. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, I thought that uh, my elders were somewhat superstitious until I began to understand the power of mind, speech, and view. So they would rather say nothing than say something that would contribute to negative. 
So if they didn't have anything nice to say about someone, they would just say, mm-hmm. So as not to add um, discordant energy into the field. Is clear? Yes, that's helpful. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. And we have some people who have written in questions. Uh, Molly writes, Dear Venerable, thank you for this insightful class. Could you please speak about skillful methods for pacification and transmutation of anger without suppressing the emotion? Thank you. Yes. Yeah, anger actually becomes skillful compassion and skillful methods. So when there is the appearance of anger, it is energy, and it can burn you or it can impel you to make correction. So first, what is the source of anger? Is it one's response to another person? Ultimately, the source is within. And so what is the other person's behavior uh, dissonant with in terms of your view of self and others in relationship? So anger is often asking for greater clarity of boundaries, of permeable membranes of communication. So when someone uh, continually steps on your your foot, you they're not feeling the space between you and you're not moving away. So a permeable membrane means you have a a code of how we will speak, how we will work with one another. And so a code of right action is important in terms of ameliorating anger. Sometimes the Anger is the result of what has not been said. So how do I say it? And do I am I angry because someone is not giving me what I want? Or am, am I angry because someone does not see I am standing here? There are many uh, questions. What is most important is creating a clear boundary because wherever you are is sacred space and so how we act from that sacred space has a benefit uh, for oneself and others yeah anger is not to run from it can burn and it is asking for skillful methods to be expressed like um uh, two great-granddaughters, one four and one three, they sometimes get annoyed with each other because each one of them in their own home is a leader, the only one, and in a sense the boss. <laughs> and so they've worked out uh, most of the time how to both be together but occasionally the younger one uh, gets very annoyed and chooses to withdraw if she's not leading the situation. 
And so I think that is a, an example of human behavior for many. So do you withdraw from the situation where the your expectation is not being met? Or do you, uh, she crosses her arms for a while, then she comes back and they decide, well, they have a difference, but they still want to be together. So human beings, as adults, we also make those choices and very unconsciously. So there is, there are, for many humans, there are issues around uh, rank and gender um, and belief of who is uh, more powerful or more right. I would say that younger children uh, work it out because they know they want to be there with each other. For adults, it becomes more important to establish the rules of the conversation. Um, And when we're talking about family members, the rules of the conversation are often not clearly expressed because there's the long history of uh, habitual reaction. So in one sense, stepping away for to cool down and also stating clearly this these are the ways in which I choose to engage and not giving energy to the temper tantrum or the behavior that is discordant. Ultimately, uh, it is not fed, similar to the Maras. Or as I simply put it, when talking with a two-year-old about it's now time to go to sleep and they give you all the reasons why they need to do this or that, arguing or saying, uh, your answer is not is not it. Just to stand silently, and ultimately, okay, I'll take my nap. Um, so, the analogy comes from family relationship because I would say that's where I have the most wondrous examples and most wondrous education. Um, so. Anger is a conversation that is not well heard, and anger is the result of somehow there not being clear mutual respect, and some people intentionally uh, choose to harm others, and it is best not to participate in their dance. Is that helpful? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, We have more questions written in, and we have Kathleen raising her hand. We're going to go to Kathleen first. Go ahead, Kathleen. Mm -hmm. Kathleen, you may be self 
Yes. There you are. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just unmuted myself. Um, well, I, I am so grateful. I just have to say I'm so grateful to be here this morning with you, Venerable, and with Molly and um, Jennifer and all the wonderful people, people that are asking questions. And I wanted to answer your question. I mean, what an opportunity for you to ask us a question. I just, no, no, it is not to as a church. It is perfect. It is perfect. And I feel, I mean, gee, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm having a almost like a personal conversation, but not being left out, but like a group conversation, like things that have happened since the last class. And analogies that you use, I'm going like, oh, that makes so much sense to me. I can see that. I've been thinking about that. That is how it sort of corresponds to something else that I've been, you know, feeling and knowing. And when you mentioned um, the uh, uh, golden bubbles of exploration, I had to laugh. You know? <laughs> I just really... It struck a chord in my heart, and I just, you know, basically want to express my gratitude and every question even that's, I mean, the questions ask every answer and question is so relevant to everything and in in, in particular to my life as well. And so I just am, am just opening and receiving and trying to reciprocate as best I can, um, you know, in between the calls. And I'm grateful to be here. Thank you so much, Wado. Oh, thank you. Hello? Sorry, I'm speaking away with uh, just realizing I had self-muted. Molly wrote in, thank you very much, Venerable, very helpful. And I believe it's Mirelle in France writes, it is a great honor to be part of this talk. It is vast and deep meaning behind your sacred teaching. The dynamic of the instant present consciousness is reflecting right now through each of your precious words. Deep gratitude. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we have time for more questions. Uh, star two to raise your hand if you are on the phone, the web call, or Skype. And for those writing in questions, you can do that at the web page. Oh, Shan has another question here. Go ahead, Shan. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yes, Venerable. I was wondering if you would talk about purification in terms of um, places on the earth that hold the memory of conflict, how we can. Um, especially that hold the memory of conflict with the natural world, how we can purify that. Yes, I will talk uh, from a direct vision and enacted in Germany. Um, The peacekeeper was taken to Germany in the early 80s. And very often um, I have felt deep inspiration to to move certain energies and uh, there developed a dance called the dance that sweeps away illusion which we did in a, a place called Blauburn where there is a wondrous spring of blue water so blue water springs are sacred to Cherokee and also to other cultures and there was a, there still is a, 
a church, a cathedral there, which is built upon the principles of sacred geometry on a sacred ley line. And so we were, uh, it was for me to have the dance first done there. And uh, people became ill and angry with me because the dance seemed like, well, it, it does look like a martial art. And it, in a sense, it is a martial art. And uh, people were vomiting and getting angry and angry and angry and crying. Why are you making us do this? And eventually, uh, the hearts and the air cleared and the environment cleared. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's an example of being called to a place where the water can carry the message of illusion swept away. Um, Other examples are when uh, there are many who have spiritual practice where they go to old places, old war grounds, and they make prayers. First, that those who are still captured there in the experience of suffering may be restored to the field of light, return to the field of understanding. And then there are people who are committed to sacred water and they make prayers at the water and they make offerings that the water continue to flow. And what do they offer? Their prayers of appreciation and pouring water onto the ground in the four directions. That prayer and that invitation has literally, in many places, restored springs that were dry. So there is definitely a bioreciprocal relationship between our consciousness and action with the environment. And so those who uh, have the commitment to make prayers in particular places not only are transforming the energies uh, of place, they are also transforming energies within the field of their own body-mind and through resonance coupling Every being is benefited. Is yeah. clear? Yes, very. So, Venerable, if you are, say, traveling, and mm-hmm. something as simple as traveling on a freeway, and uh, you know in that area that it's crossing ley lines or energy lines or water, underground water, um, how would you... I mean, you can't dig up the the, the um, road. So how do you help to reset in a situation like that? Say, do you, do you offer continually water? Do you just keep tuning into that place? Do you, how would you? When work? traveling, when traveling, you recognize that the pulse beat of the earth, the human resonance frequency, is also resonating within your own biofield, particularly the pulse of the cerebral spinal fluid. To be aware that your belly is connected, that your heart is connected, 
and that your eyes are connected with the environment. And so there is this uh, ongoing sense of connection through three rainbow torus rings. These three rainbow torus rings are continually conveying information with heartfelt appreciation for the environment that the medicine flow. I am appreciative of this land, of the air. May any appearances of dissonance resolve into harmony as you're moving about. As I move about, I see all as a pure land. And and for you, you can look to um, your Amita Buddha practices and also Medicine Buddha practices. Mm-hmm. Okay, beautiful. Thank you, Venerable. You're welcome. Yes, and uh, I have uh, somebody who's written in here. It says, hi, Jennifer. If there's time at the end, can you... Oh, (laughs) yes, I'm going to do that. Um, I would like to ask you, uh, Venerable, about the purification here. So knowing that our nature is pristine and that we're already perfect, how do we choose purification of our awareness without affirming lack of purity? Yes, uh, that basically we see like the clouds moving across the sky. The appearances of impurity, they are a transitional changing, neither you nor I, yet they leave uh, appearances in the sky and in many senses uh, precipitate uh, their results into the ground. And so the wise practitioner chooses to see the healed vision, aware that, yes, there are these, um, I guess Wilhelm Reich called it door, negative energy. There is this um, unwholesome energy, uh, geochemical trails, and ultimately, all appearances resolve into light. My natural state is luminosity, and the appearance of ignorance has hidden within the seeds of skillful mind. And so if we're praying for another person and their let's say, their health, their recovery from some appearance of illness. Can you uh, also say a little bit about that? Yes. When someone has asked for uh, prayers towards the resonance of disharmonious energies that appear as illness, I pray that the wisdom and the harmony of their life situation be revealed. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. What a 
wonderful, rich class. Uh, we can all look forward to listening to it again and hearing things we didn't hear the first go-around, uh, the many layers. And uh, speaking of many layers, I would love to ask you a little bit about, talk a little bit about, if we could, uh, what's coming up. So um, this weekend, I, I'm very much looking forward to attending the Peacekeeper Teachings uh, this weekend in uh, at the Sunray Peace Village. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about the Spring Peacekeeper Teachings. Uh, it's not too late for people to register at the last minute, be inspired, and come to Vermont. Could you tell us a little more? Yes, I'm very happy to tell you more. The Peacekeeper Teachings come out of a series of teachings that are part of the Oahu lineage, things taught by elders over many, many generations. And the peacekeeper training uh, began in the early 80s as a way to remind every human being that we are connected to the earth and one another. And so as such, the teachings assist one in uh, becoming rooted again in the pulse speed of the earth, understanding the interrelationship of our speech and action, and also methods of purification and ways in which to walk upon the earth and communicate with one another to reveal the sacredness in each moment. So it is part of a woodland tradition where we understand we're all relatives. And these are practical teachings that are suitable for any person that reveal to you your connection with the earth, the environment, and uh, polish your eyes and your ears so that you see and hear just how you are contributing to what is arising. Um, it is... a uh, there's a seven-year program and a 12-year program. And we're in year five of the Peacekeeper seven-year curriculum. The 12-year curriculum is for those who will become ministers or in the old ways, priests and priestesses. And uh, I'm very happy that people are uh, so interested and see the application in their work and their lives for this sacred medicine. Um, so this weekend coming, we will have uh, year five spring uh, teachings. And it, it shows us a relationship to cycles. And you can uh, also participate online. Uh, there's going to be live streaming, and you can even watch it uh, again later uh, so that you can uh, go back and reflect upon the words. And so some of the primary teachings that have come out through the peacekeeper that previously were not so well uh, shared, was a decision was made in 1969 to share these teachings as a test, so to speak, to see if we could uh, go through Earth's purification without destruction. And so the 
Part of the teaching includes the dance of the directions, the eagle dance, uh, exercises uh, that reconfirm your harmonics with the harmonics of the earth and the sky, also ways in which you can directly connect with the song streams of your relatives and your ancestors. Um, I actually enjoy sharing the teachings. So there some some semesters we work with sacred geometry, sacred sound. Um, so people can participate uh, over time. And you can also join in when you can join in. Uh, and then after doing Peacekeeper for two or three years, some people are invited to join what we call Guduji, which is a society of like-minded people. And these are people who, are, who make a commitment to uh, do regular practices and to walk in a certain way that uh, ameliorates suffering and transforms confusion into recognition that we're all relatives. So it restores that ongoing conversation with the earth and one another in a very uh, tangible way. So for people who have been, uh, who are very well developed intellectually, uh, they find the peacekeeper teachings also reveals their uh, bio-physical relationship and their intellect is not separate. So people can go to sunray.org and sign up. I think that's where people do it. I'm sure yes. that's where they yes. Yeah. And uh, so whether you can come here to Vermont, which is getting warm and just mm -hmm. green again, <laughs> or you can also participate online. And then Sunday morning, we have the ongoing ceremony of, of cycles of the planting cycle, where we bless the seeds at the sacred fire. And that won't be televised, yet you can still join us through the heart. Mm. Thank you so much for that wonderful invitation and description. I also just going to take a moment here and um, uh, remind everyone that Venerable's summer seminar is July 1st to 5th, also in Lincoln, Vermont at the Sunray Peace Village, and that uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to uh, steep oneself in the teachings. It's so deeply cellularly transformational the community is so delicious and it's just a celebration of light and life and love that's july 1st to 5th i will be there i love to go and camp for several weeks which i plan to do this year at the peace village and so um i don't know if you would like to say a word about that before we close venerable Yes, people are invited and welcome to come to this teaching the first five days in July. Uh, we go very deeply into the particular methods that sustain the 
participant in realizing their wisdom and skillfully expressing it. And so we have have a basic meditation practice and something that uh, I call uh, communication practice where we restore the threads of spiritual communion. Uh, So we actually practice telepathy and see the result. And uh, so understand more about the projections and how they are created in our mind like reflections, we will also do some practices that work with the mirrors and, of course, continuously uh, exploring the power of the dance. Mm. I look forward to it very, very much. Thank you so much, Venerable. Well, thank you for your invitation. This uh, I think you got me to be the electronic great-grandma. I'm having fun. <laughs> I'm so glad. I would love to close this out with the long life prayer. Thank you. Emanation of rainbow light, Dharma wisdom, three fires bright, guide upon the beauty road, calling all to see, crystal reflection, boundless compassion, caller of four winds, wise grandparents, seven sisters, may your mission be accomplished, may we assist you in the light, may you receive many blessings and live a long good life. We thank you, Dahani Oahu, gift to the people, great mystery, great lady of the Buddha families, who holds the secret Vajrayana in the lotus grove of the teachings of the practice lineage. You are the glory of the Buddha's teachings and of sentient beings, blessed of the Vajra Dakini. May your life, Dahani Oahu, ever remain firm and long. Wado, may all beings know joy, free from illusion. Wado, see you in the light. See you in the light. <laughs>